Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson, brothers and sisters, for the brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Biblical Mysteries Unveiled, brothers and sisters. Today, our objective is to heighten our people's biblical literacy and proficiency as it pertains to the mysteries in the Bible, brothers and sisters. We would like to, through the Spirit of the Most High, simplify and demystify the hidden truths camouflaged in biblical texts, brothers and sisters. And we're going to start in Psalms, brothers and sisters. We're going to the Tanakh. We're going to go to Psalms 78 and 2. Psalms 78 verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Read that one more time, brother. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Right, so when it says dark sayings or dark sentences, you know, we always say that the Bible's written in dark sentences, brothers and sisters. What does that mean? It's speaking of hidden truths that are written in scriptures whose meaning may not be immediately apparent to a a casual listener, brothers and sisters, or a casual reader, a novice, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we want to be able to illuminate some of the mysteries contained in biblical texts. Therefore, you all can use that as a tool to, to bait your hook, to, to continue to fish in the name of the Most High, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Amos. In the Old Testament, we're going to start at chapter 3, verse 7, brothers and sisters. Amos 3 and 7. Amos 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the Bible is a enigma. It's written in dark sentences, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. And if you submit to the Most High, he will unveil the biblical mysteries. He will give you the understanding. Uh, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. He gives the understanding, brothers and sisters, to those who fear him and serve him. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. <clears throat> Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Read that one more time, brother, please. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. So you must fear the Most High and keep his commandments in order to grasp the understanding, brothers and sisters. Those who claim that you're not under the law, those same people cannot reveal the mysteries contained in biblical text, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Corey, please. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Right, so you must fear the Most High, brothers and sisters. And if you fear him, he will make simple the complex, brothers and sisters. He will unsophisticate the sophisticated brothers and sisters. He will uncomplicate the complicated brothers and sisters. But you must fear him first. You must fear him first, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. <clears throat> fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Right. So in order to fear him, you must keep his commandments, brothers and sisters. That's the only way to prove that you fear him and you love him. So we got to start there. How do you gain the understanding of the mysteries? You must submit. That's first. Because why would he give you, why would he reveal this rich knowledge to you and you haven't submitted? If you're not going to utilize it, he's not going to give it to you, brothers and sisters. 
So that's why in the Christian church, they don't go into Revelations. They don't go into Ezekiel. They don't go into the prophecies, brothers and sisters. Because why? They don't understand. Because they're the same people telling you, you don't have to follow the law. And if you don't, if you believe you don't have to follow the law, you don't have the basis. You don't even have the foundation. You don't have the basics. You must fear him and keep his commandments in order to get the understanding, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John 15 and 14 in the gospel, brothers and sisters. John 15, verse 14. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Right. So if you do whatever Christ command or the most high command, you're his friend. And what happens when you're a friend? 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. See, so if you become a friend, he reveals information to you, brothers and sisters. You must become a friend first. You must be become a friend first, because why? Scriptures tell you, you direct a friend. All right. So if you become a friend of Christ, he's going to reveal the mystery to you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Right. So if you become a friend, that which is hidden becomes unveiled, brothers and sisters. You must become a friend first to Christ, to the Most High, because why? We know that two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. So if you don't agree with the Bible, if you don't agree with Christ, then he's not going to reveal this information to you. So the first thing that it takes for us to understand this knowledge is to submit and to fear the Most High and keep His commandments, brothers and sisters. And if you do so, if you become a friend, that which is concealed becomes revealed, brothers and sisters. So that's why Christians, you know, typical Christians have no understanding of the Bible. They have no biblical acrimony, brothers and sisters. They have no understanding of prophecy. They have no understanding of history. They have no understanding of the doctrine of Christ. Why? It all stems from not following the law and keeping his commandments, brothers and sisters. So everybody that follow our church, they follow the commandments. So it's our prerogative, it's our obligation to make sure that they have the understanding to be able to gain, you know, uh, believers to Christ, to be able to fish, brothers and sisters. And when you fish, you have to use different bait depending on what type of fish that you're dealing with. Some fish are deep down low. So you got to use a, a heavier weight. You got to use a different bait. Some are shallow. Some fish, you know, you throw a net out there, they jump right in the net. They're like, I'm here. I'm good. I'm here. Right? That's like a lot of us. You see the net, you jump right in. I'm here. I'm good. Right? But some, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to pull some tricks out your bag. You're gonna have to pull knowledge, meat, brothers and sisters, not milk. You don't give a newborn baby a steak, brothers and sisters. You give a newborn baby milk until he's able to digest it and, and to chew it. So once you are past the stage of milk, you need meat. You need higher knowledge. You need an advanced academy. So it's our prerogative to make sure our brothers and sisters get the advanced knowledge to be able to defend themselves and to gain followers for Christ's brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 13 and 10 because Christ said if you become a friend... I will make no I will make known to you the secrets. So we must become a friend, which means to fear the most high and keep his commandments. Matthew 13 and 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, 
Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? This is Christ. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. See? So, brothers and sisters, if you become a friend, if you fear the Most High and keep his commandments, then he will unlock the mysteries. He will clarify that which was shrouded in mystery for those who serve him, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So it's written in dark sentences for a reason, because those who have not fully submitted and or committed to the Most High will not be able to ascertain this. Because why? If an enemy go into your record, and understand what's being written, guess what? They can use that against you. So the Most High had to craft it in a way where it could not be understood by the layman, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 11. From the top, please. Verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them... It is not given. Right. So it's not given to everybody, brothers and sisters. If you can't understand it, it's because it's not meant for you to understand. Now, everybody here who follow our church, they keep the most high first. They follow his commandments as it pertains to Sabbath, the dietary law, the ceremonial laws, which is the holy days. And when you do that, the most high give you that understanding that you you desire. Without any shadow of a doubt, the, the thing that you desire while you're in the Christian church, the higher understanding, he will unlock to you. And that's why a lot of men are not in the Christian church any longer, because they're not learning anything. They go to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and they haven't learned anything new. And that is not going to hold a man. Men, if they're not learning, they're not coming. Women, they're going to come anyway, because why? They socialize and they, you know, but men... Men will not come to your church if they are not learning. Period. We're going to go to Isaiah 29 and 11. Because he said to, cert, to, to, to you it was given. Because the disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? And Christ said, because the mysteries were given to you. The mysteries were given to you, not to everybody else. So we're going to go into some of those mysteries, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 29. We're going to read verse 11. Isaiah 29 and 11. And the vision of all is become, become unto you as the words of a book that, I, that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. Right, so they're taking this to people who they respect, pastors, teachers, saying, What does this mean? And they're saying, the book is sealed. I, I can't break this down. I can't give you edification on this. This is written in the Bible, brothers and sisters. The vision of all has become unto you as a words of a book that is sealed. The visions are what? Prophecies, brothers and sisters. Christians cannot go into prophecy because they have no understanding. Biblically. The church has become a power speech, brothers and sisters. It's become empowerment speeches. It's no longer about gaining education, brothers and sisters. It's no longer about that. It's about, you know, plant a seed, prosperity and money to hear something that make you feel good. 
This is what church have become, brothers and sisters. And if you look in our communities and our circumstances financially, economically, it's evident that we're uneducated, brothers and sisters. It's evident. So it's our obligation as a commandment keeper's church, as somebody that the Most High have entrusted us to share the information, is to make sure that anybody who follows our church have the understanding of these mysteries. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Daniel is after Ezekiel, brothers and sisters. Daniel 12 and 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. See, so in the end days, knowledge shall be increased, brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Most High would allow false teachers to propagate themselves first. He would allow them to propagate themselves first. So when the truth is revealed, you understand that they're false. Because they had no understanding on this. Can you read it again, brother? Verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. So these these words have been sealed. These, this, these books have been sealed until the time of the end, brothers and sisters. Remember, it said, you shall increase in knowledge. Read that one more time, brother Corey. But thou, O Daniel... Shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. And, then, and knowledge shall be increased, brothers and sisters, in the time of the end. So he would allow false prophets and false teachers to propagate themselves first. Because when the truth is finally revealed or uncovered, it puts a magnifying glass on the deceivers, brothers and sisters. So he would allow a flood of all these Christians, these teachers, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen. And then after that, he would raise the children of Israel, the brothers who have no education. The brothers who, a lot of brothers didn't even uh, graduate high school, but somehow they're breaking down this book. Why? Because he wants to use the law of the earth to bring forth his prophecy. Therefore, you can't give the credit to a Ph.D. or a doctorate degree or a master's degree. So he's going to give it to those who the world know is uneducated, brothers and sisters. So we hope that you take down these precepts or go back on it, brothers and sisters, because there's a plethora, there's a lot of precepts here for these mysteries, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 30 and 20. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20. Isaiah 30 and 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of ad adversity... And the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. See, thine eyes shall see thy teachers, brothers and sisters. So in the end days, those who are able to teach this Bible will make themselves known. You'll know a man or a woman who have no biblical acumen in these last days because he said in the end, knowledge would increase. So now you would be able to look at a pastor who you once thought knew the Bible up and down, and see that he have no biblical understanding. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time, Brother Corey, please. Verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teaching. Right. So, brothers and sisters, in the last days, the knowledge would increase. To, a lot of times it's going to be the youth because the Bible said the youth, the children will teach the parents. So a lot of you all, you know, are young, teenagers, 20s, 30s, and you're going to have to lead your family. 
whether it's your grandparents, your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, brothers and sisters, it will be evident who's teaching doctrine and who's not, who's just dealing with, uh, you know, uh, sugar-coated messages for money, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Corey, please. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And we don't fault these pastors out here, brothers and sisters, because why? You can only have knowledge of what you've been exposed to. If you haven't been exposed to it, there's no way that you can have the knowledge of it. So it's our job to make sure that you have not only the exposure, but the comprehension of the mysteries, brothers and sisters. That's that's what our obligation is. You must have this. You will need, you may not need it this year or next year, but as you mature and continue to grow, you will need this knowledge, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove it. We're going to go to John chapter 10, verse 26. Excuse me, John chapter 10 and 26. Going to the gospel. John chapter 10, verse 26. John 10 and 26. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Go to ver uh, Jump to verse 5, brother. Verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. So your eyes shall see your teachers, and those who hear truth will know truth, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying, because why? You know Christ. And if you know Christ's voice, you won't follow a man who maybe, you know, he's a great orator or he make you feel good. That's not the voice of Christ. When you hear truth, you know truth, brothers and sisters. Because why? Truth cannot be denied. It cannot be debated. So irregardless of how many people are in the church, how nice the pastor's car is, how much money he's pulling in every Sunday, you would know truth when you hear it, brothers and sisters. And that's for other people. When they hear you breaking down these scriptures, they know what truth is, brothers and sisters. They may not admit it to you, but they understand truth when they hear it, if they're called. Read that one more time, brother, verse 5. Verse 5, and a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Right, see? So we don't listen to somebody because they have a title, brothers and sisters. If it, if the doctrine don't add up with the biblical text, then shalom, brother. You know, I still respect you, but I can't learn from you, brother. <laughs> That's just it. And same for you, brothers and sisters. When you have this knowledge and the opportunity arise for you to utilize this information... Don't worry about, you know, making yourself seem big and I didn't study for this and I didn't study for that and that person don't know more than me. You don't have to prove how much knowledge you have. Break down the scriptures and it'll be evident how much knowledge you have. Because a lot of times young men, they come into a room with maybe an older pastor and they want to show that they know more than the pastor. And you don't need to do that. You break down the scriptures, it's going to be evident that you know more than the pastor or your mama or your granddaddy. Or whoever. So you don't have to debate, brothers and sisters. Because it's not about the person you're directly talking to. It's the people that's listening. It's the people that's listening that's going to make the decision whether you know what you're talking about or not. You're never going to change the person's mind who you're dealing with directly. It's not about the person you're dealing with directly. It's about all the people listening. Because they're listening to both sides. They're listening to him or her. And they're listening to you. And they're going to make a decision. 
mentally if you know what you're talking about, brothers and sisters. So truth cannot be denied. Truth cannot be debated, brothers and sisters, because why? If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a disciple, then you won't follow a stranger. So now we have to go into the mysteries. We're going to Revelations chapter 11, brothers and sisters. Now, we already read that in Isaiah, when you deliver these mysteries to certain teachers, they would tell you, I can't break this down. The book is sealed. So we need to go to Revelations and we need to break it down so you can take it to the pastor and break it down for him. That's that's what it is. That's where we're at now, brothers and sisters. We have to give you the information just in case a pastor or a preacher or a bishop or somebody want to test your biblical acronym to know that you 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 know what you're talking about. These these mysteries can only be broken down by those who are obedient and submissive to the most high brothers and sisters. So we have to give you this. We have to give you this information. You have to have this, brothers and sisters. We're going to Revelations 11, 1 and 2. Revelation 11, verse 1. Now, Revelations, brothers and sisters, is the revealing of the end. And there was given me a red, a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. Right, so... It says measure. He's telling the angels to measure the temple. Continue, brother. Verse two. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles. See, so the Gentiles are in the outer courts. They're not being measured, brothers and sisters. They're not being measured for the kingdom. Why? Are you being measured? Are you being numbered in their kingdom? Are they counting you as a ruler? Are they counting you as authority? Absolutely not. So they're not being counted either for this prophecy. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse two. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot 40 and two months. Right. It says the holy city, Jerusalem, will be tread under their foot. So there will be a period where the Gentiles would have, you know, before they could destroy the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. So there was a time, and this is why they're not being measured. These are the people who destroyed Israel and destroyed the temple. So you can't then be numbered in the temple. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. So even in times past, Gentiles could not come in the temple, brothers and sisters. That's not... Pump your brakes now. That's not your place. Your place is on the outer courts. We're not saying you can't, you know, can't learn. But your position is not in the temple. Your position is on the outside of the temple. You're not being measured. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Right. So brothers and sisters, what and who are being measured? We're going to find out. We're going to Zechariah chapter 2. Verse 1. We're going to find out what's being measured, brothers and sisters. We're going to find out what's being measured. Zechariah 2, verse 1. I lift up mine eyes again and look, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. This is the measurement again, brothers and sisters. Then said I, Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, to measure Jerusalem. To do what? 
Measure Jerusalem. The people of Jerusalem are the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel are being measured, brothers and sisters, for work. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. Then said I, Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof, and what is the length thereof. How big is it? How long is it? What's the girth? This, this is what they're measuring, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel. Verse 3. And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him, and said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. Read that part again, brother. Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. So it will come a time where Israel is together in a town without walls, brothers and sisters. Where is that? That's the wilderness, brothers and sisters. There's a time where we will be in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. Those who are following a higher will be in the wilderness. And they're measuring not only the 144,000, but those who are going to be in the wilderness, brothers and sisters, without cities, without walls. The Most High will be protecting us. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 4, And said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, for the multitude of men and cattle therein. So we will have cattle. We will have food in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. Without any shadow of a doubt, we will be protected. We will be provided for, brothers and sisters. We will be on the outside of the Masonic construct, which is cities. These cities that they have, these glorious cities, brothers and sisters, they're actually traps. And if when the mark of the beast is revealed, if you're found in these cities, they will find you. They will find you if you're within their cities, brothers and sisters. So it's, you know, it, it's, it would be much easier to be living in the South, to be honest with you, in the rural areas, which that you're not going to escape then either. But if you're in a city, you will be rounded up, brothers and sisters. So what? We, we must go to the wilderness. The Bible is going to prove that. Continue, brother. Verse five. For I, said the Lord, will be under her walk be under her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. So there will come a time where the Most High is protecting us, brothers and sisters, in the wilderness. Verse 6. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north. Read that again, brother. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north. Flee from the land of the north, brothers and sisters. North America. So the Bible is telling you, you must flee. You must flee. So I'm flabbergasted. That there's a plethora of Israelites out there claiming that you're supposed to flee somewhere in Babylon. You can't set up in Babylon. He's telling you flee the land of the north. So if you're not willing to flee, then that's okay too. Because maybe you're supposed to die here. And that's okay. If you die in America, it doesn't mean you can't make it to the kingdom of heaven. But for us, the Most High said, read it again, brother. Verse 6. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north said the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, said the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion. Read that again, brother. Deliver thyself, O Zion. Oh no, angels are going to come pick you up. Read that again, brother. Deliver thyself, O Zion. Oh no, you're going to be raptured up. Deliver thyself, O Zion. See? So you, there's something you must do. There's something we must do, brothers and sisters. We must deliver ourselves, O Zion. Who is Zion? The children of Israel. Now you see what the purpose is of knowing who the children of Israel are. Because if you don't know, if you don't understand who you are, how can you understand the Bible? 
If you don't know you're the children of Israel, then you're ignoring this completely, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 7. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon. The daughter of Babylon. That's America in scriptures, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that without any shadow of a doubt. Verse 8. But thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. See, and that's why they're not being measured, brothers and sisters. That's why the Gentiles are not being measured. Because he who touched you touched the apple of his eye, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Right. So now we've found out what's being measured. Let's see the temple being measured according to scripture. Go to Revelations chapter 21 and let's start at let's start at 15 brother. Revelation 21 and 15. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the walls thereof. And the city lieth four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. 12,000 furlongs. Now, what is this talking about? This is a reference to the 12 tribes, brothers and sisters. Twelve. It's, it's length, 12 furlongs, 12 tribes. <clears throat> 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty. And four cubits. Right, and we know the 144,000. The angel is measuring the 144,000. That will be the leaders of the new world, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 17. And he measured the wall thereof, and 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. According to the measure of a man. To show you that the 144,000 are men, brothers and sisters. They're men. Because why? If you have the blood on the door, then everybody in that house is covered under that man. So a sister may be living with a, man, a brother, her, her physical brother, because she don't have a husband, right? And if that man put blood on the door, he's covered, then she's covered underneath of his home. The same way in Egypt, where you put the blood on the door and that protected everybody in the house. So the 144,000 are men, brothers and sisters, not women, not children. These are men, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. And he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. According to the measure of a man, brothers and sisters. Now, what angel? What angel? Revelations 11, you know, in Revelations 11, what are they measuring? We're going to show you. We're going to give, well, the scripture is going to give more clarity, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Revelation 7, 1 through 4, for more clarity as it pertains to this mystery. Revelation 7, verse 1. <clears throat> and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Right. So these angels will be cut loose. And once they're loose, brothers and sisters, there will be destruction released on the earth. Verse three, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, 
Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So these are servants, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees. Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Right. These servants are those who know the truth, brothers and sisters. Who know the name of the Most High. If you don't know the name of the Most High, you're not being counted. Because the seal of the Most High is his name in your forehead, brothers and sisters. So those who are calling on all these other names, you're not counted as the 144,000. Because the Bible tells you that the seal, the mark of the Most High, is to have his name. You can't be calling on Yah and think that you're going to be part of the ruling government when Christ comes back. That's not happening. You're not following a higher. You're following a different God. And listen, that's up to you. But understand you're not part of the 144,000 if you don't know the name of the Most High. And we're not going to argue with you. We're not going to go back and forth. Why? Because if you don't believe the Most High when he said, my name is I am that I am, <laughs> then you're definitely not going to believe us. Read it one more time, brother, please. <clears throat> verse 2. <clears throat> or verse 3, excuse me. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. Right. So that tells you who's being measured in Revelations 11, brothers and sisters, and who's being left out. He's measuring the poor, brothers and sisters. He's measuring the poor. And now when you look at these other religions, who's over these religions? Gentiles. When you go into Buddhism, who's over that? You have Asians over that. When you go into Islam, who's ruling that? Who's ruling that? <laughs> That's Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they know they're not being measured. They know they're not being numbered. And because of that, they're going to set up all these snares for you. Because they're not being measured, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed in hundred and forty and four thousand. Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. See? So that lets you know who's being measured, brothers and sisters. That lets you know. It's the children of Israel being measured. This is why Christians don't go into Revelations. Because if you went into Revelations, you would have to identify these people. And they don't want to identify these people. So they'll just not deal with the whole book, brothers and sisters. They won't even deal with the whole book. Now, how are you going to be a church or a teacher or a disciple and not go into Revelations? Because there's no way to go into Revelations without identifying who the 12 tribes are, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Brother? Verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed in hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. See, so we needed to prove to you who's being measured, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel are being measured for the kingdom. Not Gentiles. Not Koreans. Not Europeans, not Africans, brothers and sisters, not Arabs, but the children of Israel are being measured. We're going to go to Revelations 11, 3, uh, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, brother. Revelations 11, verse 3. And I will give power to my two witnesses. Now, why do we go here? Because John, he's not, he's not only seeing the angels in heaven, but he's also Speaking of the children of Israel, when he's dealing with these visions, this was John, the revelator, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall, prof they shall prophesy two thousand 
It says my two witnesses. We're going to deal with who these two witnesses are, brothers and sisters. Because there's so many philosophies out there of who these two witnesses are. I'd have heard some brothers say this is Elijah and Moses that's coming back. I'd have heard a lot of different things. So we're going to unveil this mystery, brothers and sisters, so you can teach this mystery. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. That's one thousand two hundred and sixty days, brothers and sisters, or forty-two months, brothers and sisters. This is and it's, when it says clothed in sackcloth. That means God's people would be in mourning all over the earth, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> clothed in sackcloth means you're mourning the loss or the death of something. So the children of Israel will be mourning all throughout the earth, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Right. So the 42 months, brothers and sisters, is the time that the powers, the Gentiles would have to rule us. So, see, they know the time that they have to rule. So they put a metric in. They say, okay, we have this much time. We need to kill these people off by that time. So as it gets closer, the more they start to reveal themselves, brothers and sisters. Now they just come out outright and kill us right on camera now because they know the time is getting close. See, so they looked at this time and said, all right, we have this much time every year. We need to kill off. We need to kill off 50,000. All right. And then we need to kill off another 20,000 through the health care. Then we need to kill off. Through gangs, we need to kill 20,000 a year. They're, this is how they, they're viewing this, brothers and sisters. Uh, can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. Now, if I, if I want to know if a, a pastor understands the Bible, I'm going to ask him, who are these two witnesses? Who are these two witnesses? And you got to let people speak, brothers and sisters. Because when you let them speak, you find out how much they know or how much they don't know. So before you go into telling them, you ask them, who are these two witnesses, sir? Can you tell me who these two witnesses are? Read that one more time, brother, please. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Standing before the God of the earth. So these witnesses are two olive trees, two candlesticks standing before the most high on earth. Who are these olive trees? Who are these candlesticks? We're going to go to Isaiah to find that answer, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah 43. I'm going to read verse 1. Isaiah 43, verse 1. These are the witnesses. You need this information, brothers and sisters. You need this. But now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Excuse me. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. Uh, verse 1. Verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Thou art mine. Jump to verse 10, brother. Verse 10. Ye are my witnesses. Read that again. Ye 
are my witnesses. So who are the witnesses? You have Judah and you have Israel. Those are the two witnesses, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? We know that the kingdoms were split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Northern kingdom being the ten, the native tribe, the Hispanics, the, you know, the quote-unquote Indians. And then you had the Judeans, which is Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, which are predominantly the black tribes. These are the two witnesses, brothers and sisters. So when Revelation speaks of two witnesses, it's speaking of Israel and Judah rising up to prophesy, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the Most High is showing our people in a state of mourning, in a state of destruction, while Gentiles tread over us. And during these last days, as the Bible tell you, it says, my witnesses will start to prophesy. Now, these are the witnesses that have been prophesying of our oppression in the earth from times past. So, these witnesses are people like who? Like Malcolm X, like Martin Luther King. These are the witnesses, those who stand up and speak against the oppression, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Right. So these two witnesses in Revelation, brothers and sisters, are Israel and Judah. Without any shadow of a doubt, that's who these witnesses are. These are the people who will rise up to prophesy. That's you, brothers and sisters. We're going to Revelations 11 and 3. Now that we know who the two witnesses are. Revelation 11, verse 3. And I will give my power unto two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Read that one more time, brother. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Right, so Israel would be made low, brothers and sisters, and Gentiles would be in rulership, celebrating our oppression and our destruction, brothers and sisters. So when it talks about sackcloth, it's talking about mourning. So sackcloth, mourning behind the loss of our identity. Right? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Now, when he sees these two witnesses, he's not only seeing the earthly realm, but he's seeing the heavenly realm, brothers and sisters. So Israel have two witnesses on earth, but they also have two angels over them in the heavenly realm, brothers and sisters, representing. So there's angels representing the children of Israel. Two witnesses, and he's seeing not only the heavenly, but he's seeing the earthly. Can you read that one more time, brother? And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. So we have two witnesses in the heavenly realm, brothers and sisters, that stand before the Most High to protect us. And, you know, if you go against us, these angels will bring forth judgment, brothers and sisters, at the behest of the two witnesses. So if you start to destroy these people and they call out to their God, the angels, the two witnesses from the heavenly realm will bring forth destruction, brothers and sisters. Read uh, in that scripture, brother. Verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. 
And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. See, it says fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Now, is this talking about the physical, the physical witnesses or is it talking about the heavenly witnesses? See, so if you start to persecute these people, the angels that represent Israel and Judah will rain down fire, brothers and sisters. So we have two witnesses in heaven who minister to the two witnesses on earth. The same way Elijah had fire come down from the heavens, right? The same way Moses had power to deal with those, uh, those miracles, that wasn't their power. That was the angels representing them. So when Elijah, you know, prayed to the Most High to have fire come down, that was the angel that was over the children of Israel and Judah that had the fire come down, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that without any shadow of a doubt. When Elijah prophesied that, you know, prophesied in the rain, the uh, excuse me, the fire rained down, that wasn't Elijah's power. That was the angel that's over the children of Israel. One of the angels over. The same way it was with Moses. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. See? So there is protection over the children of Israel. Go to Zechariah 4 and 1, brother. We're going to take our time because I understand this is, it's, um, you know, it's a higher knowledge. Zechariah 4 verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me. And as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold. Remember, he's, he called these two witnesses two olive trees or two candlesticks. With a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which were upon the top thereof. These are the seven lights or seven angels over the seven churches speaking of, excuse me, spoken of in Revelations, brothers and sisters. Verse 3. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl. Two olive trees. Who are these olive trees? Read that one more time, brother. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knoweth thou not what these be? You know what this is? And I said, No, my lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. So he asked him, Do you know what these candlesticks are, what they represent? He said, No. Th then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Why art thou, O great mountain? Or who art thou, O great mountain? But for Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth a headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. Verse 8, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. 
They are the eyes of the Lord. See, the angels are the eyes of the Lord, brothers and sisters. So they report back to the Most High the things that they view. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick? Remember, in Revelations, he said the two olive trees, the two candlesticks, the two witnesses. And upon the left side thereof. And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knoweth thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones. Read that again, brother. These are the two anointed ones. See? So those two olive trees, those two candlesticks, those two witnesses are what? The two anointed ones. Israel, the name for the northern kingdom. Judah, the name of the southern kingdom. This is speaking of his people, brothers and sisters. These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So, you have two witnesses on earth, which are Israel and Judah, and two witnesses in heaven, which are the angels that represent. Because remember, he, as is in heaven, uh, you know, what's done in heaven will be done on earth. So everything that happens on earth actually happens in heaven first, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. So, you know, that was when Moses was dealing with those miracles and that power, that was really the angel that was showing power on the heavenly realm, brothers and sisters. So those in the spiritual that those in the spiritual realm actually changed the water into blood. That wasn't Moses. Moses had no power. That was the angel, brothers and sisters. And how do we know that? To buffer that, we're going to go to Matthew 16 and 19 to show you that the angels in the heavens have power through our command. Through our command, they will rain down fire. They will rain down destruction. We're going to prove that. Go to Matthew 16 and 19, brother. Look at this, examine the scripture, brothers and sisters. This is, he's talking to Peter here. Matthew 16, verse 19. Now will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. See, to show you whatever's bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Why? Because there's two angels representing it. So whatever you, you know, read that one more time, brother. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever shall be bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right. So those under Christ would have access to the power of the throne. And the angels would react at your command, brothers and sisters. So whatever we permit or command will also have divine authority, brothers and sisters. Because why? We have two angels representing us in the heavens. So when Satan or governments try to come against us, you actually have the power to call down from heaven, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. And I will give unto thee the kings of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right. So the governments have been watching our people closely to see who would connect to this heavenly power. Because now we understand that we actually have power to call down fire from heaven through the two witnesses. So they've been watching this very, very closely to see who's going to utilize this arsenal 
Who's going to utilize this spiritual arsenal? Because why? Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's spiritual, brothers and sisters. So John is seeing the heavenly realm and the earthly realm simultaneously. He's seeing the angels in the heaven and he's seeing the prophets, the you know Israel and Judah simultaneously working together in Revelations, brothers and sisters. And see, this is the knowledge they're trying to hide. That you have access, you have power from the throne to call down destruction. They know this, and they can't fight against this, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 52 and 8 to further prove who those olive trees are. Who is that candlestick spoken of in the Bible, spoken of in Revelations? <clears throat> this will solidify. Psalms 52 verse 8. This is David. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. Read that again, brother. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of See? God. See? So David is comparing himself to one of the two olive trees in the heavenly realm. To prove to you that when Revelation speaks of the two olive trees or the two candlesticks, he's speaking of the children of Israel. Read that one more time, brother. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. So, brothers and sisters, the Most High's tree is the olive tree. That's, that's his tree, brothers and sisters. And David is comparing himself to an olive tree to show you that when you read Revelations and it speaks of the two candlesticks, the two witnesses, the two olive trees, that's speaking of the children of Israel. We're talking about the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judea or, or Judah, brothers and sisters. So David was praying to the Most High that, you know, that he would have the power of the angels to subdue his enemies, brothers and sisters. So this is why he was praying. He understood that we had hosts, heavenly hosts that represented us in the heavens. And if we were being obedient and we needed fire to come down, that the angel would send the fire, brothers and sisters, because we have representation on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that means, brothers and sisters. Everything that happens on earth is happening in the heavenly realm. So when we have holy days, guess what's going on in the heavens? At the same day, they're having the holy day celebration in the heavenly brothers and sisters on the same exact day. And when we're not, when we weren't celebrating holy days, the heavens, it was still going on in the heavens, but we weren't mimicking it because we had no knowledge of it. Further proof, go to Jeremiah brother 11 and 16. So now we've, we've un unveiled the mystery of who the witnesses are because I've heard people say, well, those two witnesses are Elijah. He's going to come back. Moses is going to come back and rain down fire. I'm like, brother, no, no, brother. This is talking about a future prophecy. Elijah is not coming back. <laughs> okay. Moses is not coming back. This is a future prophecy of the children of Israel standing up to prophesy. And when they do that, there's going to be venom and vitriol aimed towards and directed towards these people. Uh, read verse 16, brother, please. Jeremiah 11 and 16. The Lord called thy name a green olive tree. Read that again, brother. The Lord called thy name a green olive tree. See, so he's talking to the children of Israel. You are the olive tree. Fair and of goodly fruit. With the noise of a great tumult, he hath kindled fire upon it. And the branches of it are broken. Right. Broke the branches in the Old Testament after our sin, brothers and sisters. To prove who these branches are. Well, first, go to verse 1, brother. Verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, 
Hear ye the words of this covenant and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Right, to show you that this olive tree is Judah. We know that the other olive tree is who? Israel, our brother. So it's Israel and Judah, brothers and sisters. So we needed to prove who these branches are. We needed to prove who these olive trees are. He's still speaking of those who are being measured in Revelations 11, brothers and sisters. You are the olive tree. You are the candlestick. You are the witness. That's who you are, according to scripture. And you, you have to have this information, brothers and sisters, because this would set apart the scholars and the novice. So you need this, brothers and sisters. You, you, need, to, you need this. There will come a time where you, you will need this, brothers and sisters. We're going back to Revelations 11 and 4. Now that we've proved who the two witnesses are, I know it's a lot of precepts, but the Bible told you it's in dark sentences. It's in parables. Because a regular person just can't open this up and understand who the two witnesses are or who the olive trees are. It's given for you to know, not to everybody else. It's given to you. We're going to read 4 through 8, brother, please. Revelation 11 and 4. These are the two olive trees. See? And the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. See? So now we know who the olive tree is. We know who the candlesticks are. We know who the witnesses are now. See? Continue, brother. Verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. Right. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Right. So the angels, the two candlesticks in the heavenly realm are now bringing down fire on the enemies of Israel the same way they did with Elijah, brothers and sisters. If you don't know the story of Elijah, I, you know, I would su suggest that you check that out. Elijah was from the tribe of Gad, which are, quote unquote, the North American Indians. Continue, brother. Verse 6. These have power to shut heaven. That it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. See? So those angels, the heavenly candlesticks, have the power to change the water into blood, to prove to you that Moses' power wasn't Moses' power. That was the heavenly host, the witnesses, the heavenly witnesses acting on his behalf. And you have that same power. That same power that Elijah used, that same power that Moses used. You have that power. And they're trying to hide that from you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Right. So we could pray for rain to subside, and it would happen, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues. As often as they will. See, so the angels in heaven are executing the prophet's prayers on earth, the servants, your prayers. Your prayers are, are you know, the angels are using their power to help us, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the, the bottomless pit shall make war against them. Right, see? So the two witnesses... War will be made against these two witnesses. This is not Elijah and Moses, brothers and sisters. The two witnesses are you, Israel, and Judah. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, 
and shall overcome them and kill them. Right. This is speaking of the teachers, the servants of the Most High, following Christ within the earth, brothers and sisters. There will come a time where they're going to try to destroy us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're prophesying. Because we're bringing out truth, brothers and sisters. Uh, go to the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Re, re, hold on. Jump back up, brother. Jump to verse 6 one more time. Excuse me. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues. That's right, right. So we needed to bring forth this information so you can link into your heavenly arsenal, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that there's two angels representing you in the heavenly realm. And you have access to the, the throne. You have access to the spiritual or the heavenly arsenal, brothers and sisters. And because of that, you're going to become an enemy. Because now you've realized you have that power. Whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven. So whatever you need will be brought down from the heavenly realm. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the, out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Why? Why will they look to kill us? Because a person who can link into this heavenly artillery is a threat, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them, overcome them and kill them. Now we know the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit is Satan who will be bound for a thousand years upon the, the, the second coming of Christ. So that's what this is speaking of. Read that one more time, brother, please. And when they, have, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Right. So this is speaking of assassinations, brothers and sisters. Martin Luther King assassinated. Malcolm X assassinated. And we, Christ assassinated. The disciples assassinated. See, this is what the Bible is speaking of, brothers and sisters. Every time our people wake up, Satan puts a target on their back to be destroyed by the government. So the Bible is prophesying that this would happen, this would transpire to the two witnesses. But if you don't know who the two witnesses are, you don't even realize there's a war against you going on right now in the physical realm, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Where also our Lord was crucified. This is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt. This is speaking of America, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. This is speaking of America. It says spiritually called Sodom in Egypt. Why? Because America propagated or promote, advertise homosexual marriage. Man on man, woman on woman. This is promoted through the Western world, through through. America, through the United States of America, brothers and sisters, we're going to prove that where it says spiritual Sodom in Egypt. So it's not physical Sodom in Egypt, but spiritual. Go to Deuteronomy 28 and 68 to prove you what it's talking about here. Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. See, so this is spiritual Egypt, brothers and sisters. Because see, you'll take a Somebody who don't want to believe what a Jew is here, and they'll say, 
You you didn't go into slavery in Egypt on ships. That's not going to work, brother. We're educated. We know that spiritual Egypt. We know that that word Egypt means bondage. Because why? When this was written, there was no such place called Egypt. Egypt wasn't named Egypt until the Ptolemies, to the Greeks, when it named it Egypt. It was called what? Mithraim. It wasn't even called Egypt. It was called Mithraim, brothers and sisters, which was one of Ham's sons. So any scholar knows that during the time this was written, Deuteronomy, there was no such place as Egypt. So this word means bondage. Read that one more time, brother. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way that whereof I spake unto thee. Right. So this was for our flagrant and heinous disobedience that we would be brought into uh, spiritual Egypt, which when you break down that word Egypt, it breaks down to house of bondage. And we're going to prove it. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there you shall be sold unto your enemies for bond men and bond women. And no man shall buy you. Right. So you be you shall be sold to your enemies for bond men and bond women. And no man shall buy you. Now, how can you be sold and not bought? That word, when you look at it in the Hebrew, uh, uh, bought, it means to redeem. So no man will be able to redeem you. That's Christ's job. Read that one more time, brother. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. Right. This is the transatlantic slave trade, the slave ships, brothers and sisters. This, these are those who the angels are measuring for the temple. These same people, the same people that went into cargo slave ships are being measured for the temple, brothers and sisters. Because why? He said spiritual Egypt. See, so he's not talking about physical Egypt, but a Gentile, especially a probably an Edomite scholar who don't want you to believe that you're the children of Israel will say, well, you didn't go into Egypt on ships. You, you black people didn't go into Egypt on ships. Well, brother, it's talking about spiritual Egypt. Look on the back of your money. You never notice the Egyptian obulus and symbols on the back of the money, right? So he's talking about spiritual Egypt. But these are the, the little tricks that Christians will try to play on you. When you take them to the scripture and say, this is us. They'll say, we didn't go into Egypt on ships. This is talking about spiritual Egypt. So you probably actually want to take them to the scripture revelations first and then bring them here because it'll set it up easily. Now, how do we know that word Egypt means bondage and not the actual geographical location? We're going to go to Exodus 13 and 3 to prove to you that that word means house of bondage. Verse 3, uh, Exodus 13 and 3. And Moses said unto the people, remember this day. And when she came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Out of the what? House of bondage. Out of the what? House of bondage. The house of bondage. Egypt means house of bondage. America, or, or house of bondage, or home of slavery. America is a home of slavery. See, so the Most High is showing you the, the correlation, the comparison between the two. This is a mystery, brothers and sisters. Everybody can't break this down. Read that again, brother, please. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day, and what ye came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place, and there shall no leavened bread be eaten. Right, so he said spiritual Egypt and spiritual Sodom. Why? Because America is pushing homosexuality through legislation, brothers and sisters. Right? America is giving rights to sodomites, brothers and sisters. Further proof that this is America. Revelation 17 and 3. We're going to, the Bible's going to re 
reveal that which is concealed, brothers and sisters. Revelation 17 and 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit up or sit upon a scarlet colored beast. A scarlet colored beast to show you that this particular beast, this particular government is being ruled by those who are scarlet colored. See? Examine this, brothers and sisters. The Bible is exposing those who have conspired against you. Uh, uh, conspired against us. Read that one more time, brother. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads and ten horns, brothers and sisters. What is this talking about? Seven heads and ten horns. Go to verse 9, brother. Verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. So the seven heads are seven mountains. What does this mean? Jump back to verse 3, brother. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Full of names of blasphemy and having seven heads and ten horns. Now we read that the seven heads are what? Seven mountains, right? That represents Rome, brothers and sisters. Rome sits on seven mountains. The only empire ever <clears throat> since antiquity to sit on seven mountains. So that seven heads is representing Rome. Read that one more time, brother. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. It says seven heads and ten horns. So we, if we know that the seven heads represents Rome, what are the ten horns? The ten horns are the ten countries overtaken or subdued by Rome. The original ten. The, the United Nations, the European Union. The Bible is exposing the European Union. We're going to name them for you. Luxembourg. Denmark. Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, France, Spain, Great Britain, and Switzerland. Those are the ten horns, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. Seven heads represent Rome, and the ten horns are the countries that were taken down by Rome, brothers and sisters. This, these mysteries can only be broken down by somebody who has submitted to the Most High, brothers and sisters. So when you take this into the Christian church and you ask them, they don't know, they don't know where to begin, brothers and sisters, because why? The mystery is for the friends of Christ. Remember, he said, if you become a friend, I will reveal to you the secret. You must become a friend. You can't walk, two can't walk together unless they be agreed. So you must agree with Christ. You must agree with the Most High. You must agree with the law in order to have the understanding of the mystery, brothers and sisters. So we're trying to prove to you that this is America. Read verse 5, brother. Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth. Mystery, Babylon the Great. Why is it a mystery? Because, there, because her name is not written in Scripture, brothers and sisters. This is speaking of America. There was no such place as America when John was seeing this, brothers and sisters. Mystery. Read that one more time, brother. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. Now how do we know this is America? 
Go to Daniel 7 and 8, brother. This proves to you without any shadow of a doubt that this is speaking of America. Daniel 7 and 8. I considered the horns. Remember, I considered the horns, the ten horns. Luxembourg, Denmark, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, France, Spain, Great Britain, Switzerland. Read that again, brother. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Another little horn. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. So from three of those horns would come one. This is how you know it's America. Who founded America? France, Great Britain, Spain. Three of the ten horns, brothers and sisters. See? So from the three horns came a little horn, and that was America. This cannot be disputed, brothers and sisters. How is Daniel seeing this? How is Daniel seeing this, brother? How is Daniel seeing America being prophesied if the Bible is not valid? See, read that one more time, brother. Verse 8, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom, were the, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. So three of the ten, through three of the ten would come the little horn, which is America. And behold, and this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. See? To show you that America is an extension of Rome, brothers and sisters. If you don't believe us, look at your look at your structure. Look at your courthouses. Look at how the, the Colosseums are, how the sports are, right? Look at the eagle that they're using, brothers and sisters. Everything tells you that this is Rome. Democracy, right? Who did that who was who was pushing democracy? Was that the Romans? Was that Julius Caesar? Who was that? See? Look on the side of the post office truck. The eagle. To show you that America is an extension of Rome. It said the seven heads, the ten horns. The seven heads is Rome. The ten horns that came from Rome is the European Union. And the, th and the little horn that came from the three was America, brothers and sisters. To show you that this was the mystery Babylon in the Bible. Brothers and sisters, and you need this knowledge. We understand that this is this is meat. This is a little heavy. Go back on this if you need to. You probably will. Probably won't learn it the first time. But the Bible is valid. You cannot debate truth, brothers and sisters. You cannot debate history. This is history. This is history. This is secular history. The Bible is not a religious book, brothers and sisters. It's a history book that cannot be disputed. Go to Revelations 11 and 8, brother. Further proof that this is speaking of America. Revelation 11, verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Where also our Lord was crucified. Now, hold on. We know that Christ was not crucified in America. What is this talking about? This is talking about the manner in which he was killed, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Go to Galatians 3 and 13. This is speaking of the manner in which he was killed. He was killed using what? A tree. A cross is a tree, brothers and sisters. The further proof to show you that this is speaking of how they killed us. They swung us on trees. The same trees that they shaved down and made a cross for Christ. This is what this is speaking of. We're going to prove it. Galatians 3 and 13, brothers and sisters. These mysteries can only be broken down by the elect. You are the elect. 
Galatians 3 and 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hanged on a tree. See? See? Cursed is everyone who hanged from a tree. Christ became a curse for us. And they wanted to mock us by swinging us off trees because they knew if you hung from a tree, you was cursed. So don't think that they didn't know we was the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Why do you think they were burning crosses on our lawns? Why were they doing that? Why, why don't they burn crosses on anybody else's lawn but us? Exactly. Because they know who you are. They've always known who you are and they wanted to mock you. Can you read that again, brother? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hanged on a tree. See? So it was talking about the manner in which Christ was killed. The same way they use a tree to kill us, brothers and sisters. Christ delivered us from the wrath to come. He redeemed us from the second death, brothers and sisters. And this this excuse me, this dishonorable death he died was one to which the curse of God was specifically attached. He became a curse for us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hanged on a tree. So Christ redeemed us from the hopeless state of justifiable condemnation, brothers and sisters. Christ has delivered us from that. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to Revelations 11 and 9. We're breaking down the mysteries according to scripture through precepts. Revelation 11 and 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Read that again, brother. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half. It says three days and a half. What, what does this mean? If you take 1,260 divided by a lunar year, which is 360, you get 3.5 flawlessly. The Bible is spot on as it pertains to science, as it pertains to mathematics, as it pertains to any level of academics or academia. This book cannot be challenged at all. At all, brothers and sisters. Could, uh, read that one more time before we move on, brother. Verse 9, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So this is during the period when the Gentiles would be trodden over us. So they're looking at this time knowing how much time they have right, to destroy us. But Christ said he had to shorten the days for our sake or they would already destroy us all. So Christ still isn't going to give them this much time, but they... They're reading these scriptures, brothers and sisters. They make you believe they don't believe in the Bible, but I promise you, they have their best, you know, their best historians trying to break down this book to figure out how to control us, to try to figure out when Christ is coming back and what the plan is. They are trying to break this down, brothers and sisters. Now, when it says, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves, what is this talking about? This is talking about him seeing us being walking dead spiritually. It says not to suffer their bodies to be put in graves because they're not physically dead. They're spiritually dead. So we see our people walking spiritually dead, but they will not go into the grave. It's because they're physically alive, but we're spiritually dead. And we're going to prove that, brothers and sisters. Go to Ezekiel 37 to prove you that our people are spiritually dead, 
Not physically dead, but spiritually. Excuse me. Ezekiel 37, we're going to read 1 through 13. Ezekiel 37 and 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. The valley which was full of bones, the valley of the dry bones. Verse 2. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me. And they were very dry. No heritage, no understanding, no law, no God. Very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now remember it said they would not suffer to be put in graves. Now he's talking about bones. This is spiritual, brothers and sisters. We're spiritually dead. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. He's, just, he's seeing our people saying they're so lost that only you know if you can read, you know, if you can revive these people. These people are gangbangers. These people are thugs now. These people are criminals. These people are dis flagrantly disobedient. Only you know if these people can come back to the illustrious, you know, the illustrious supreme nation that they once were. This is what he's saying. Verse 4, again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Breath is the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Verse 6, and I will lay sinews upon you. That's muscles. And I will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. He shall know that I am the Lord. I am, I am, I am. So don't tell us that it's not important that you know the Most High's name, brothers and sisters. He says it over and over and over and over. The name is important. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. See, and that, read that again, brother. So I prophesied as I was commanded. That's why they're trying to take away the freedom of speech. See? Because we were commanded to prophesy. And this prophecy that we do, that our people are doing, sharing who the children of Israel are, are making these bones come to life. So now they're going to take away your freedom of speech. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them. And the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. The Holy Spirit, there was no wisdom. Verse 9, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy son of man. See, this is why they're trying to stop the freedom of speech. And say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. See, so the prophesying that we do, the teaching that you all do, the information sharing that you do is going to have these bones live again. So they're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to stop you, brothers and sisters. They're going to look to kill you. They're going to look to persecute you. They're going to look to throw you into prison. They're going to look to take your freedom from you because they understand through the tool of prophecy what would happen. Through in all the major metropolitan areas, you're seeing Negroes on corners everywhere. Everywhere. Negroes. 
everywhere, predominantly. Now, you have other Israelites that's doing it too, but predominantly it would be the Judeans. The Bible tell you that the Judeans would be responsible for prophesying to their brethren saying, you know we're the children of Israel, right? You know we're the same people, right? So they're going to look to persecute these people. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. A what? An exceeding great army. This is what the Illuminati fear. They fear that army that's being built up spiritually through our people, through the prophecy, through the teaching that you all do, that we that we do, brothers and sisters. This is why it's important for you to know the knowledge and to share it because your 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 power is in the prophecy. It's in the Bible. This is what will cause these bones to live again, brothers and sisters. And they know it. So they're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to stop you from prophesying. They're going to shut down the Internet. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. This is what they fear. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Read it again, brother. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. See, so Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dry bones, is who? It's the children of Israel. And this is how you know Malcolm X knew who we were, because he said this same thing. He said, you can go and find his speech, where he said, you are the valley of the dry bones that the Bible speak of. He knew that we were the people. And right after that, he was assassinated. Because he found out, he went to Mecca. He found out that Islam was a sham. He found that out. He came to the understanding that we were the children of Israel. And before he had a chance to promote it, he was killed, brothers and sisters. He knew that we were the children of Israel. Why do you think they demonized him? They uplift Martin Luther King, but demonized Malcolm X. Why? Because they knew Malcolm X didn't compromise. Martin Luther King came with like a non-violent, you know, which, that's what we teach. We teach nonviolence. But they knew they could use his message more so than they could use Malcolm's. So they started financing Martin Luther King right out of college. Right out of college, they started to finance him. Because they said, we can get behind him. We want, it, we want them to be integrated. And Martin Luther King had a, uh, a famous quote. He said, I believe that I integrated my people into a burning house. He wanted us to be with these people. But he realized that them making a law that we can sit down with them doesn't take away the venom, the vitriol, the hate that they have towards our people. A law is not going to change that because now we can sit in the same bathroom, you know, same restaurant with them. That doesn't mean they don't hate us. So Martin Luther King found that out too late. And when he started to try to change what happened to him, bah, now he's down. Uh, read, read, brother, please. Verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our part. So he sent the angels to awaken us, brothers and sisters, a mass awakening. And why does it say dry? Because why? They taught us their history. They taught us their identity. They didn't give us our history. They gave us their history. They gave us their identity. They gave us their holy days. They gave us their dietary menu. This is why it says we're dried up, brothers and sisters. Verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, 
Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your grave and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. I am, I am, I am, brothers and sisters. And you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of the out of your grave. So at least we know who we are, brothers and sisters. If you don't know who we are, you should not be teaching the Bible. Period. So if I can't come to a pastor who's a minority and I ask him, who are who am I in this book? Or who are you in this book? And you have no answer, then right now you're showing me. You're probably a good brother. You know, you, you, I'm sure you have a love for God. That's why you're trying to teach the Bible. But you're not a scholar. And I really can't learn from you right now because you don't know who you are in the book. Before you teach somebody anything in this book, you need to show them who they are. You need to know who they are first. So at our church, we can teach you. We can teach who the Edomite is. We can teach who the Israelite is. We can teach who the Ishmaelite is. We can teach who the Hamite is. You need to know who everybody is in this book first. Because it's the only way you're going to be able to teach them. Let me show you who you are in the book. Now, once you show me who I am, now, you know what? I'm open now. Because you show me who I am in the book and how it pertains to me. Now I can receive your teaching. But if you can't even do that, then, you know. You need to study more. You need to stop teaching and you need to study. Shut down your church. Shut it all down. That's okay. Shut it down and say, you know what? The Most High, he compelled me to go back into studying. I, I, you know, I haven't been studying like I should. And you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to study and I'm going to come back with the truth. That's all you got to do. But our people, these Christian pastors, they don't want to do that. They don't want to humble themselves. You're going to have to because why? The Most High said that your eyes will see your teachers. So you'll be able to spot out the false apostles. Those who are called by his name know his voice and a stranger they shall not follow. That's why the Christian church is dwindling in numbers, brothers and sisters. The men are leaving. Even the sisters are leaving, brothers and sisters. They're going to something else. They're going to Buddhism. They're going to the New Age religion. And a lot of them are becoming Israelites. The Christian church is getting ready to dissipate and dissolve brothers and sisters without any shadow of a doubt we're going back to revelations 11 and 10 breaking down revelations we're almost done here revelation 11 and 10 and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another so while we were in a dead state brothers and sisters the gentiles set up a economy to benefit financially off our ignorance can you read that one more time brother Verse 10, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. See, the two prophets, the two witnesses, Judah and Israel, brothers and sisters, it says they would rejoice over us and make merry and send gifts to one another. The stock market, brothers and sisters, a lot of people don't know the stock market was set up on the backs of slaves. We were the first stock. If you look at your birth certificate, there's a stock number on it. And if you trace that stock number, it cashes in to the government. When you die, the government get paid. Every time you get a job, they get paid. So when they're trading debt, they're trading this stock, the stock on your birth certificate, brothers and sisters. You are human commodity. You ever know that 
when you get a job, you go to human resources. Mm-hmm. So they're letting you know that's what you are. You're human stock, brothers and sisters. Look at the history of the stock exchange, brothers and sisters. Just imagine you had a family of five able to work for free for you for 20 years. You understand how rich you would be. Somebody to go to work every day for you for 10 years straight, 20 years straight, and you receive the benefit? And this happened for our whole nation, brothers and sisters. They benefited off of us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. And they that dwelt upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. See, the two prophets, when we were in charge, we ruled. And we spanked they behind every time they broke the law. Every time the Most High sent us there, we spanked they behind. And they remember that too. And since they're in control right now, they're going to look to do the same thing to us, brothers and sisters. They didn't forget. Now it says they were able to send gifts to one another. How were they able to send gifts? Go to Romans 11 and 11 to show you how they were able to send gifts, brother. Romans 11, verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. See, salvation through our fall, the rest of the world got rich. This is how they were able to send gifts. This is why they will not relinquish their power. Because they know they received all the jewels, all the gold, all the money belonged to us, brothers and sisters. All of this belonged to us. And when we went down, they took it. And now they're trading it on the open market. So they're not going to relinquish this power. They got rich through our fall. Read that again, brother. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentile, for to provoke them to jealousy. Right. When it says salvation is coming to the Gentiles, salvation is power, brothers and sisters, control and riches. Through our fall, they were elevated to be celebrated, brothers and sisters. They rejoiced at the misery of our people because they knew they were going to benefit from this. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world. Read that again, brother. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world. So do you think they want to see us rise? If the fall of us is the riches to the Gentiles, you think they're going to come to you and tell you you're an Israelite? You think they're going to set up educational systems to teach you your true history? That doesn't make sense, brothers and sisters. So stop looking for a white man to come tell you the children of Israel. Stop looking for a Korean or anybody outside of your own people. Now, are we saying that a Gentile will never tell you? No, we're not saying that. They're not going to tell you on a mass level, though. It's going to be our people that's going to teach our people the way it should be, brothers and sisters. That's why I don't trust. When I see, you know, Edomite pastors over a Christian church and the whole congregation is black, I I don't trust that. Because your own people don't listen to you. So why would I come up in there? (laughs) No. If your own people are not listening to you, I'm definitely not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 12. Now, to follow them be the riches of the world. So they became rich. They became powerful. They became celebrated through our fall. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So how much more will we receive if we come back? If you look at the riches of the Gentiles, how much more do the, the original owners, the original supreme nation deserve? That's what this is saying. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 11. 
I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentile, for to provoke them to jealousy. Right, to provoke us to jealousy. So by us observing the many advantages of the Gentiles, you know, that they received through our fall, we would be convinced of our sin against the Most High, against Christ. And that's what it was used for, brothers and sisters. The reason why salvation had been extended to the Gentiles was to stir us up. That's the only reason, brothers and sisters. And our people still get angry. A lot of our people will not teach Gentiles. And listen, I have no problem with that. If you're teaching Israelites, that's good too. That's part of the work. That's part of the work. But you can't try to put us in that box. We're going to teach Gentiles too. Now, if you... If the Most High severed you out and said, just teach Israel, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But that's not my mission. That's not our mission. Our mission is to teach everybody who want to learn, Israel or not. So a lot of people say, well, Gentiles, they can't make it. There's a lot of brothers who I've shared that, you know, the truth of us being Israel. And they always ask me, what do you believe? Can Gentiles make it into heaven? They always ask that, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it was a long time we thought we were Gentiles. So our people, when they find out they're Israel, they're still trying to defend Gentiles. I'm like, brother, we're not Gentiles. Why are you worried about Gentiles when you're an Israelite? Now, I have nothing against Gentiles. But they have to, you know, they need to be in their proper place, which is under us. Simple as that. Now, the only reason they're going to be under us is because you're righteous. Because you've submitted. Other than that, then you'll be under them. Underneath of their foot. Unless you will submit to the Most High, follow His law, statutes, and commandments, you will be on the bottom, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. 11 and 12. We're going to move on. we got three scriptures after this. Verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. For to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world. And the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles. How much more their fullness. Right. So the reason for salvation. To you know. The reason for salvation to be extended to the Gentiles. Was to stir us up to emulation brothers and sisters. Our privileges had made us. Negligent. And apathetic brothers and sisters. Our privileges made us. Smug and arrogant brothers and sisters. And the sight of others stepping into those privileges was to rouse us up. That's why, brothers and sisters, because we are very proud people. We're still proud. We have no identity. We don't even know who we are. And we're still the proudest people walking around. The Most High said, I got to take everything to humble you. I got to take it all from you because it's the only way you'll be humble. The only way. Go back to our Revelations 11 and 10, brother. We're going to close out here. Revelation 11 and 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So when we had the knowledge of our heritage, we tormented the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. There was a time where David, King David, subdued the whole earth to give peace to his son Solomon. Solomon ruled with 40 years of peace. That was the last time the world had peace, brothers and sisters was during the time of Solomon's rule for 40 years. His father, David, subdued all the empires and gave rulership to his son. There was 40 years of peace. 
They know this, brothers and sisters. You lost your history. They didn't lose it. You lost it. I lost it. They didn't lose it, brothers and sisters. They're the ones publishing the records. They had it the whole time. Continue, brother. Verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. See, so now the Gentiles have become terror-stricken. A lot of the records, the public published records that we want, and somehow now they're mystically, magically thousands of dollars. Now they're selling books that we know have information we can utilize against them, and now the price is still thousands of dollars, as if Israelites can, um, can afford that. Most Israelites cannot afford a $1,000 book, brothers and sisters. See? So now they're scared. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. See? So now... You know, well, in times past, they celebrated our fall because why? They remembered of how we tormented them, brothers and sisters. But I wanted you to notice one thing. Gentiles, they never go against the teachings. We've been around a plethora of Gentiles and they never go against the teachers. You know who, who go against the teachers, uh, the teachings? Israelites. See? So the Gentiles, they would sit right there and listen to us. And they're looking at us like you could tell in their face. They're like, all right, they're waking up. They're waking up. They don't even dispute it because they know it already. It's our people who will come and dispute it. It's, it's Israel. Well, nah, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to deal with a God who has favorites. Nah, I think everybody should be equal. See, they don't deal with that. The Gentiles, they never come against the teachings because they know it's true. It's our people who come and fight against it to show you we're under a curse, brothers and sisters. It'll be our people who are being ruled over, trodden over, spit on, kicked, made to serve as slaves, talking about, well, you know, I don't want to be with a God who, who have favorites. I, I don't want to deal in a world where there's not equality. I'm like, what equality are you talking about? Is it equal right now? Is this equal? And if you believe this is equal, then you've really been programmed because you think being treated like a dog is equality. <laughs> That's exactly what they wanted. Continue, brother. Verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Now, this particular passage, verse 12, links to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and um, 1 Corinthians 15 when it talks about them being caught up in the air to meet him. Verse 13. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. Uh, read verse 12 one more time, brother, please. Verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. See, so the, the Gentiles will see this transformation, brothers and sisters. This is speaking of those who are being measured, those who are being numbered. There will be a remnant, and that remnant left will give glory to the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Israelites, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The remnant will give glory to the Most High. Jump to Job 12 and 22. We got one more scripture after that, and we're going to close out, brothers and sisters. Job 12 and 22. He discouraged he deep things out of the darkness and bringeth out the light, bringeth out to light the shadow of death. Right, so brothers and sisters, he... 
He discovereth the deep things out of darkness. So what does that mean? That means he reveals the mysteries from darkness, brothers and sisters, and brings the darkness into light. That's what this is talking about, brothers and sisters. Now, why do we go here? Because we wanted to show that the Most High revealed this true wisdom by his spirit to us. This is not because we're, we're highly educated. We just have this deep knowledge. This knowledge came from the Most High. So I want to be clear. We're not some highly educated Harvard student. The Most High give the knowledge out. Read that one more time, brother, please. He discovered deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the Most High reveals his understanding from his power. This is not through the mind of a man. It's not like I just opened up a Bible and I just understood this. Number one, I was taught. That's that's first. And the most high gave the information. So when you when you're dealing with this understanding, understand this came from the most high. This didn't come from any man that you want to give glory to. This came from the most high. Read that one more time, brother. He discovered deep things out of darkness and bring it out to light the shadow of death. Now, why did we go here? We needed to show you that you cannot gain this understanding from universities or from theologian seminary colleges. You can't get this from a school, brothers and sisters. You can only get this from the Most High. What school did Moses go to? What school did David go to? What school did Christ go to? What school did Peter and Paul go to? See, so the glory have to go to the Most High, brothers and sisters. That's why he inaugurates the pure and the poor as instruments of righteousness, brothers and sisters. That's why he used the poor. Because he don't want the glory to go to Harvard. He don't want the glory to go to Yale. He don't want the glory to go to Oxford or your PhD or your MD or whatever other letters you want to put behind your name. See? So he will use the pure, the, the poor of our people, the uneducated of our people. So when you hear it, you know it came from the Most High. Because where did this Negro? This Negro couldn't even read three months ago. Now he's breaking down scriptures? That lets you know that's that's the most high. That's the most high. And it's for his glory, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 3 and 19. And then close it at Psalms 119. We're going to the Apographer. Ecclesiasticus 3 and 19. Ecclesiasticus 3 and 19. Many are in high places and of renown. But mysteries are revealed unto the meek. Read that one more time, brother. Many are in high places, or many are in high place of renown. But mysteries are revealed unto the meek. See, mysteries are revealed to the meek, brothers and sisters. So he elucidates that which is not understood, brothers and sisters. He uses the pure, he uses the impoverished to do this, brothers and sisters. Every time. Nazareth, where Christ was from was the lowest part of Israel, brothers and sisters. It was the slums. It was the ghetto. Read that one more time, brother. Many are in high place and of renown, but mysteries are revealed unto the meek. See, so he revealed the mysteries unto the impoverished, brothers and sisters, to the meek, to the humble, brothers and sisters. These mysteries are made manifest to those who walk with the Most High, brothers and sisters. Last scripture we're going to go to is Psalms 119 and 18. Psalms chapter 119, verse 18. Psalms 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, 
that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Read that one more time, brother. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Right. Because why? Once our eyes are opened, we will be able to discern the beauty of the biblical mysteries, brothers and sisters. When your eyes are open, you read the Bible differently. You understand it differently than before. Read that one more time, brother. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Right. So if the Most High open up our eyes, guess what? We'll be able to appreciate the exquisiteness of the choral masterpiece known as the Bible, brothers and sisters. This knowledge only comes from the Most High. You can't go to university and get this understanding. You must submit to the Most High. You must humble yourself. You must understand who you are. And you must listen. Allow the Most High to break down the scripture for you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Right. So once our eyes are open, we're able to recognize the timelessness of the scriptures, brothers and sisters. Today, we unveiled the mysteries of the Bible to further uphold the validity and the power contained in biblical text, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was Biblical Mysteries Unveiled. We want to say Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.